Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. The process of creating a customer journey map can provide insights into your customers, as well as the internal teams, processes, and platforms that serve them. But it requires an understanding of how to effectively use the journey map well in order to take it from a fancy graphic into something truly beneficial to the organization. Today, we're going to talk about how to make your customer journey maps valuable and create real-world value from them. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Carlos Manello and Stratton Chironi, co-founders of Office of Experience. Uh, Carlos and Stratton, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks there, Greg. Uh, appreciate it. Big fan, and uh, we're super excited to, to talk about this topic. Yeah, thanks for having us today, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to talking about this with you. I th- this is something we've we've chatted about quite a bit, so I think... Um, have, we'll have a, a good conversation here, but why don't why don't we first start with just a little background on what Office of Experience does, and you know what types of businesses you work with, what, what kind of work do you do? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in here. This is Stratton. Uh, we're digital transformation experts, helping companies excel at uh, every interaction that they have with with their customers. We're headquartered in Chicago, but you know today, like many companies on the other side of COVID, we're hiring all over the country. Um, and we tend to cover everything from user and customer experience design to enterprise content platforms to e-commerce and omni-channel marketing and advertising. Right. And regarding the types of people and organizations we serve, we focus on technology companies, uh, have a heavy background in industrial and manufacturing types of companies, um, and, a, and a deep focus on B2B distribution supply chain companies. And as Stratton was saying, uh, big passion points for B2B e-commerce. And then um, as of late, we've also been working with a lot of fintech um, as well as some emerging healthcare and uh, life sciences and med dev brands. So it spans the gamut. Um, it's an interesting spot, um, more heavily indexed on B2B. And uh, we're looking for people who are looking to help change the world. Great, great. Wonderful. Well, so we're here to talk about customer journey maps and to talk uh, really about, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to do them and it's another thing to be able to use them, right? So talk about how organizations can get more than just sometimes kind of superficial value of, of documenting these things. So, so let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, the current challenge. So can you elaborate on, you know, what are some of the challenges that organizations have with journey maps and maybe the mapping process that I touched on just now? Sure, I'll jump in. Uh, look, you know, our philosophy is pretty simple. We believe the experience is the brand. Um, that's because today's customer is really in charge of where, how, and when they engage with a brand. Um, and brands in that kind of environment, uh, it, and when you think about brand in that kind of environment, rather, it, it, it's a stack effect. It, it adds up over time, interaction by interaction. 
And we believe that the businesses that are best suited to win in this environment are, are really the ones that, that understand and manage their brand experience holistically across every customer touchpoint. And so in order to do that, you, you have to truly then experience your brand, how your customers experience it. And journey maps are a big component of that understanding. Right. And Greg, to your point, why, why do they fall short, right? Well, lots of different factors, but at the root of it is what change are you looking to espouse or engender with that exercise is usually um, where things get a little mushy. Right, research for the sake of research on customer customer journeys and personas will only get you and the customers that you, that you serve a view into what's currently going on. I think the opportunity as we move forward is to try and really discern uh, across the stack, as Stratton was saying, where can we make meaningful change and drive results. Right. So, Greg, I know that you've got a heavy focus on. Uh, meaningful measures uh, around um, overall customers and their experiences. And, 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 you know, we truly believe in that. So rather than just saying, hey, look, this is what's going on in terms of the customer journey. Here are the pain points. Here are the the places where uh, there may be opportunities. We try to take it a, a, a step further and say, here's what the opportunity means. Here's a small, medium version of that. And here's the kind of change that we think we can help with to actually help move the needle, right? So being more disciplined about um, the, the measures of success across each of those uh, touch points um, is truly how our uh, practice around uh, journey maps are different from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about you know what to do about some of these challenges and and, and getting the most value. So. Um, let's start with making them more actionable. You know, what, what are some ways that, that customer journey maps can be made more actionable and instead of, uh, let's call it a, a very nice wall decoration or something like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I was starting to, to unpack that, right? But how do you actually make things more actionable? Well, if you see a specific pain point, um, let's say, um, in a B2B engagement, uh, you see that it's a group buy and there's three people in charge of uh, procuring, researching, and actually buying uh, a set of uh, items from a, a, you know, a manufacturer. Um, it's not just about, hey, that's hard or it's tricky to work across three people. What we like to do is we like to look at those three people, break them down into their specific uh, profiles, and then you got to sort of do the orchestration of all of that. So it's easier for them to pass messages back and forth to come to a, a buying decision. So for example, in the food space, working with a massive food re redistributor, uh, you've got a chef who's planning uh, in the stock room um, and you've got the uh, operations manager trying to line up the budget. And then finally you have procurement that needs to make it all happen in real and actually place the order. So what we like to do in those scenarios is map up all those steps find ways to simplify them online over the phone or over a call center and then make it uh, as frictionless as possible, then you're off to the races. That's just, you know, from a journey mapping perspective, those are the kinds of things that make something more actionable rather than you have an issue with these three group buyers. That's the kind of change we, we like to do in, in, in our mapping process. 
Yeah, totally. And I, you know, you asked a great question, Greg, and that is how, you know, how do we make these, these um, artifacts more actionable? And after dozens and dozens of journey maps that we've built over the years, a couple themes kind of come up time and again. The first one is, um, you've probably heard this too, the client will often feel like they just spent several weeks and a lot of money to be told something they already know about their customer. Um, and, and to a certain extent that that's true. And by def, by definition, a journey map is a, is kind of an aggregated view of how a customer typically engages with with a product or a service over time, right? A resourced and research informed view. And and if the client really knows their business, then the map, yeah, then the map is going to feel very familiar. What that tells us is their aspirations and and their expectations about what that was going to do for them were were higher than the deliverable, right? And, and what's often missing or not made compelling enough in most journey maps is, is exactly what Carlos just mentioned. The, the opportunities that that map reveals about how to innovate or enhance the customer experience. Um, and in other words, let's stop calling them journey maps and maybe start calling them opportunity maps as the real value that these things have. Um, the second theme is that uh, the customer journey today, particularly in a B2B environment, is increasingly non-linear. And, and most journey maps are uh, often presented as, as a relatively false linear view of how customers engage. And that's, um, you know, when you're talking about long purchase cycle products and services, like Carlos mentioned in B2B, for example, where a customer may pogo stick in and out of various stages of the journey over several weeks, months, or even years, You've really got to take that asynchronous nature of engagement into account when thinking about how, how, how you approach your journey efforts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so to kind of um, segue from there, you know, there's, there's a, when, when done well, there's a lot of potential findings and there's a lot of opportunities to use, to use your word as well. How do you prioritize though? You know, you've got you've got a hundred opportunities, let's say, that you could do, and and wouldn't it be great if if there was time and resources and <laughs> and budget and all that stuff to do all of them at once, right? But um, that you know, in most cases, that wouldn't even make sense because the people and processes couldn't handle the the change. So if you find that company, let us know. We'd love to work with them. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, prioritization, it's something the the three of us have talked about quite a bit um, over the the last few months as well. But, you know, how, what, how should, how should, how should an organization think about prioritization of, of these efforts? Great question. Um, you know, we, we've done so many of these and it always comes up. Um, we've actually given it a little bit of a moniker and I hope I, get, I don't get, um, uh, p- people don't go after me in terms of trademark issues, but, uh, uh, internally we call it Thunderdome, right? Sure. Like there's no shortage of great opportunities. And for the, the listeners out there who, who come from a certain generation, definitely some Mad Max there. Uh, so Thunderdome <laughs> is basically, you know, there's no shortage of opportunities, but if, if we sift it through and have really good working sessions, so that um, we can organize them in terms of no regret moves, um, you know, quick win opportunities, and then you know, deprioritize the things that may, may be bigger. That's sort of how we view it. Now, how do you actually make that real? Um, well, you know, it, it's an it's a function of brutal prioritization. And how do you prioritize? Well, you got to look at each opportunity, 
you got to make sure that it is weighted against the business impact um, that we're trying to, to make real. So we, we typically get our clients to score each one of those against their, their mission, their visions, their KPIs, and their OKRs, right? And if from there, we wouldn't be doing our job uh, as a solution providers here if we don't talk about the user impact. So we have discussions around each one of those opportunities in terms of how is it going to make um, the user experience better. And then finally, um, and this is where it gets you know pretty deep, we have some pretty radically deep conversations around uh, the level of effort it'll take to design, um, build, and it's not just you know what happens in terms of uh, you know web technologies and front end. It often hits call centers. It often hits sales enablement. It often has dependencies um, around ERP, CRM, and infrastructure uh, technology. So all of that is super important as well. So you factor all of that, um, you, you, you kind of come up with, with a great score. The last column, though, in that uh, Thunderdome exercise that we run is how much is it going to take to actually measure its impact, right? And Greg, that is a direct call out and, uh, uh, to the work that you've been doing and espousing in, in all of your literature out there. Um, and we've incorporated that into into our workflow as well. So it's nice, thanks. Yeah, it's matured, and you know, I, I give you a lot of kudos for uh, you know shining the light on 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 how to measure things. But it, it's a it, it sounds complex. It's actually an easier thing when you run through the exercise. The hardest part is really getting to have those deep discussions about where we're going to have the most impact business wise and how does it elevate the customer experience? Yeah. yeah. And I've, I mean, I've seen you guys in action and you know, it's, it's to your, to your point, it, it always feels like it's going to be a lot more complicated than, um, than it ends up being. It's, it's a, it's a good process to, to be able to go through without having to go through the entire journey. Can you, can you start with a small part of it and, and get some meaningful results from just, mapping part of a journey, trying to optimize that. What, what are your thoughts there? You know, it's actually critical. Um, so whenever we have uh, a customer journey engagement, we work with CMOs or CDOs or CTOs, or even in some spaces, chief experience officers, the question almost always becomes, well, what happens next? Um, and we have a bias towards what something that we call no regret moves. Um, so that we can sift through that. So after the prioritization comes in, we basically look at it as a group and go, okay, what out of all of these things is going to have the most impact from a level of, um, in terms of business and the users and looking at those level of effort uh, scores um, and what can we deploy today? Uh, and in some cases, you know, you may not need to do a complete um, replatforming or redesign. Yeah. There could be little things where we can uh, focus the the current uh, in, um, experience, uh, for example, e-commerce and checkout, right? Where we can actually have some, you know, quick revenue generating opportunities just by changing um, a workflow. Or uh, in some cases, this is a real story, like, making guest checkout available for um, other people who may not be ready to sign up for that complex procurement process. And if that starts to generate some revenue while we're setting down the foundation for a replatform redesign so we can incorporate all of the other opportunities we've identified and we've, we've helped the organization make, you know, 
uh, some dollars against that while we're, we're, we're doing that larger foundational work, well, game on, yeah. right? Not everything has to be rebooted. Um, we are fans of uh, revolution through iterative evolution, and that's what No Regret Moves are all about. Nice. Yeah, and kind of building on that, the beauty of the customer journey map um, is in working with it, not in isolation or not in a vacuum, but, but taking that, that map and bouncing it up against all the other data you have about how your business is flowing and working. And so if you see areas in the journey where, where you've got clear you know, throughput problems, as Carlos mentioned, maybe, maybe checkout, where our, maybe our, you know, our checkout completion rate is not where it needs to be. And so you know, taking all the other marketing data that you have, your integrated marketing database, your recency frequency, you know, monetary value, whatever that model is, and, and using all the other business intelligence you have in your organization to find out where the business improvements really need to occur that can help you focus um, using using that journey map to focus on where you can innovate to improve. Absolutely. So, you know, we've talked about prioritization. We've talked about, you know, mapping out all the opportunities and and even just focusing on, on smaller segments. What's a reasonable goal to set at the beginning? You know, so before you, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? But how do you um, you know, what, what should a reasonable goal be for a, a team to, to set before they start mapping the journey, knowing that they're going to learn some, some things along the way? Are there KPIs for the process itself, metrics of, or, you know, how, how should, how should um, teams think about this? Sure. I think first, the most important thing to know when, when embarking on a project like this is to be very clear about um, what problem you're trying to solve. So in some cases, you may have, your organization may just have a very disparate understanding of how your customers engage with your business, your product, your service, whatever it is. And that when you bring new salespeople in the organization, for example, everybody has a different model in their head. And, and, and so being very clear that the problem you're trying to solve is to create a single source of, source of truth about how your customer engages with you is one example. If, on the other hand, you're doing this work in order to identify those high-value opportunities to innovate, but as you said, Greg, your company doesn't have the resources to follow through, or your team doesn't have a mandate to activate, then, then a lot of the work you're going to do is, is for naught. You're going to have some very, you will have spent several weeks and a lot of money on what is likely going to be fantasies that can't be executed. So being very clear about why you're doing this work is, is step one. Yeah, and I'll build on that. It's absolutely right. Um, Greg, you're talking about what are the KPIs, um, you know, a client should think about when they're embarking on a opportunity mapping uh, engagement like this, not journey mapping. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, I, I love uh, monikers. Uh, we got a little thing called ATE, right? So it's got to be adoptable, actionable. Um it's got to be trackable and it's got to help evolve, right? Those would be the KPIs. Um, if at the end of the engagement, you look at all the opportunities and you rank scored it against Thunderdome, um, the questions that people should ask themselves, clients that should ask themselves when, when, when they look at this is, hey, how actionable is all of this? Can we track its progress? And is it going to help us evolve? And if the answer for all of those three is a resounding yes, 
that's when, and those are the KPIs you should be tracking for opportunity mapping. Great. great. So how much is, um, in this process, how much is too much to, to do? I mean, you know, I've, I've certainly had experience where, um, there's been a very superficial kind of map and, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, but, but it's not beneficial. You know, there's, there's benefits to diving in and talking about what the customer's seeing, what the internal teams are doing, the platforms, all that. But, you know, how much is too much detail to, to get started? And, um, you know, and what, what would your advice be on, on, you know, how, how deep to kind of go? Greg, you already know the answer, man. It depends. Right. right. As a consultant, it, it always depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, again, like Sam was saying, if we're looking for next generation innovative opportunities, then, you know, this sparks that up. Right. Then great. They're, they're big, epic level use cases that you have to line up. Yeah. If on the other hand, you're looking to optimize the performance of an e-commerce channel, in, you know, within two quarters, and then it's going to look like a very different type of engagement. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's really contingent, as Stratton was saying, on what problems are we trying to solve. The brief is as, as important as the map itself so that we can make sure that, again, we get back to actionable, trackable, and evolutionary, right? Um, at, at least that's the way I view it. Um, and, and to us, it's all exciting because opportunities are opportunities, man. If we can keep moving the needle, whether it be incrementally or big bang, that's what these maps are truly about. Um, and, and sorry, I'm going to go a little bit of a, a pedestal here, but, you know, great user insights is never done, right? Yeah, like yeah. there's a gazillion different ways to do it. An opportunity map, a journey map, a usability study, you know, better personas, all of that is just you know, clarifying points of the of the uh, client's journey along the way for overall improvement. At least that's that's how I view it. Strat, what about you, man? Yeah, I think you know that's exactly right. I think that you know research is a lot like a lot like quicksand. You know, the more effort you put into it, it doesn't necessarily reap more rewards. Um, and yeah. and a lot of to, to talk directly to your question, how much is too much? how little is too little. A lot of that also depends on how much that organization knows or think they know about their business. Um, yeah. You know, there are some organizations that have been doing this kind of work for a very long time and can come in and say, look, I don't, I don't need, you know, A to Z. I just, this moment in the journey we know is a problem. We know this much about that moment. We want to go deep on that moment uh, because it has value to us for one reason or another. And that can be very helpful. If you're if you're new to this kind of work, you've never done this work before, it may be helpful to start a little higher up and learn from that process and then go deeper where it makes sense in subsequent bodies of work, as Carlos mentioned. Um, the, the other factor is just what's the, you know, what's the data um, posture of the organization? Some organizations are are very data intensive and they require a lot of rigor to feel confident in the decisions that they're making. Yeah. Others are a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants or work by gut. And, and so going all the way back to Carlos is yes, it, it kind of depends. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, time has kind of flown by here, but one last question before we, we wrap up, uh, you know, you've given a lot of great advice already, but you know, what's, what's one piece of advice each of you would have for teams that are thinking about it, they're, they're planning, they're about to embark on, a customer journey mapping exercise? Sure. Um, well, 
uh, my brain works in threes. So, you know, All right, I asked for one, but you can do three. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you know that by me, uh, with me by now, uh, number one, customer journey engagement should not be engaged with this, spe- uh, should be engaged with a specific purpose or needle to move and, and a great problem to solve. Um, otherwise don't do them right. Like you're not, you're never going to get any real opportunities. You're just going to get a pretty readout. Number two insights without opportunity identification makes for interesting conversation, but it's all about making sure that we improve the experience and the business performance. Uh, and then finally, you know, this should be viewed as an exciting, um, exercise. You're, you're digging in, you're becoming more intimate with the customers and you're lighting up spark points of what might come next. If you don't view it with that lens and it feels like a burden, well, you know what? It's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for us, if you want to make sure you can actually make progress against this, make the prophecy be positive, right? Uh, So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I would say uh, the one thing, one piece of advice I would say is that it's not an artifact, it's a process. And commit to the process and don't get hung up on the artifacts. And, and that means that, you know, once you understand it at one level, commit to going to the next level and make those improvements based on what you've learned and, and commit to the process, not the artifact. Great. Well, wonderful advice. Well, Carlos and, and Stratton, thanks so much for joining the show. For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what Office of Experience is doing? Uh, you can email Stratton directly and I'll give you his cell number as well. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, um, you, you can check us out online. You know, uh, it's theofficeofexperience.com. Uh, we're, we're fairly active there. Connect with us directly on LinkedIn. Uh, again, Carlos Manalo and Stratton Sharoni. Um, love to chat about any and all of this. Um, and I would say, you know, if you're in any way, shape, or form intrigued or you're, you're finding something different about it, even if you just want to geek out, Drop us a line. We love all this stuff. This is the kind of stuff that gets us out of bed in the morning. So um, just connect and, and we'll be there and we, we, we can chat. Strat, anything else? Yeah, no, psyched to spend a few minutes with you this morning, Greg. Looking forward to catching up later and thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have links to everything in the in the show notes as well so, um, so listeners can follow there. Um, so again, I'd like to thank Carlos Manalo and Stratton Sharoni from Office of Experience for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.